Welcome to Kilgallen's Pub, the podcast where I, comedian Joe Kilgallen, like to sit back, have some drinks with people, and recreate that bar conversation we all know and love. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Kilgallen's Pub, on Twitter as well at Kilgallen's Pub. Give me a follow on all the platforms that's simply at Joe Kilgallen, especially TikTok, damn it. I'm telling you guys right now, you got to get on the TikTok train. Got to get on it. I'm fucking loving it. All I do is post like 30-second stand-up clips, and people seem to be enjoying it telling you right now man i've gone from like eight followers to eight thousand followers in like 12 days good response too i know it's like a big gen z app bunch of 19 year olds 15 year olds 21 year olds but they got good taste in comedy so don't knock them and they're fun videos there's like how to's in there you look like a guy and be like this is how you cook a steak i do it like this here's my seasoning it's like real quick you get to the point other people who are like here's a you know financial tip here's a you know some let's say cool shit i dig it i'm a big fan of it so, yeah, I definitely think you guys should check that out. Get on that TikTok. Also, YouTube people, the ones of you who are already subscribed, you guys are amazing. I love you to death. You guys are my heroes. You're, uh, you're keeping me motivated. I have released Chapter 3 of my latest stand-up comedy special called I Didn't Say Anything Bad. Chapter 3 is now up. Jokes featuring, joke titles featuring. Featuring, is that the word I'm looking for? The joke titles of these three tracks that I just put up are called Mexicans, Blacks, and Asians, Transgender, and Cancel Culture. Those are the three jokes you're going to hear. So get on board with that. Check that shit out. Those uh, could get me in trouble in some circles. Me, a guy like me, someone who looks like me, joking about those things, not allowed. And some people are like, no, you're making too much of it. Either way, give them a go. Subscribe to the channel. Like them, comment, share with your friends. Really appreciate that. You guys are awesome. Uh, what you're about to hear will be our fourth. This is Killian's Club fourth uh, podcast we're doing over Zoom. You heard the one with Marty DeRosa, Curtis Shaw Flag, Lisa Traeger last week. And now I've got, dude, this guy's awesome. I love this guy. I've known him for a long time now, since 2010, I want to say. So a good 10 years. Comedian Ryan Dalton. Guy's hysterical. He's been on Comedy Central. He's acted in some stuff. He's a Montreal Comedy Festival. He's a producer of Comedians You Should Know Los Angeles. Uh, a really good friend of mine, a big brother tendency when I was living in LA. He kept my head on straight a lot of times. Um, I probably didn't appreciate him as much as I should have. I ramble on this one a lot, but we definitely cover some fun, some a good hangover story on my end that Ryan tells very well. Talk about a documentary that might make you think about going vegan. We, of course, talk about the current state of the world uh, with the whole COVID-19 thing. And uh, the Michael Jordan documentary, or the Bulls documentary, really, The Last Dance. Uh, some fun stuff. Also, don't forget the Patreon. Uploaded a bunch of stuff to that lately. Thank you to my Patreon subscribers. That's simply patreon.com slash Joe Kilgallen. And without further ado, less rambling from me. Everyone enjoy the podcast. This is Kilgallen's Pub. Cheers. I would agree. That makes the most sense to me. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to start off like that. Uh, I can cut that part out oh, for you. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I, no, I don't care. It's no, fun. you do look good. You, um, I, I was saying this. I think I said it to you when I saw you at Megan Gailey's wedding back in, what, December, which was only, what, six months ago, but it feels like a decade ago. It uh, feels like a different time on a different planet. It really does. Was that how every L.A. You know, I hadn't seen a lot of you L.A. friends in a while made me feel like the biggest fat ass. Like everyone looks so, you guys all looked slim. Everyone looked slim to me. Well, it was, uh, in all fairness, it was for a wedding and, uh, I don't get to get dressed up, uh, often. And so I was like, well, I'm going to really train for this. And it was like the, what it was the nicest wedding I've ever been to in my life. So I'm glad I at least 
tried and I ruined myself that weekend. I, I was hung over for like two days afterwards. That was a fantastic wedding and a great weekend. You it know what we should so do? Fun. We should say a bunch of nice stuff about Megan's wedding and talk about it a lot, but then don't tell her that we talked about her wedding. Right. Because that, that's the stuff that would drive her nuts, I feel like. Because she loves people talking about it, I bet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody, I mean, everybody, everybody loved being there. It was an amazing hang. It was such a good time. I mean, there was a guy painting the wedding in real time. That was incredible. Yeah, everyone I've never seen that. <laughs> I got to clue people in because we just kind of launched into it as Dalton and I do. Everyone, welcome to Kill Gallons Pub. This is a podcast where I like to drink with some people. This is episode. Are you drinking? Yeah, I am. I'm going to give you a try. I got two cans I got to open here. I'm going to let you choose which flavor I should start with first, if that's any indicator mm-hmm. of what I'm drinking. Um, this is the fourth one I've done over Zoom. I've had some fun with them so far. Uh, sorry for the delay, Dalton. I, it wouldn't be our relationship if I was on time. So I, oh, no, I knew it. I'm like, this ain't happening on time. I am ready to go because I have a little equipment set up here, you know? It looks good. I uh, told, um, I was, I, I recorded with Lisa last week and I was actually like 10 minutes early. I had to wait on her. Wow. So, I, you know, I fucked up, man. Anyway, um, what I was saying was that the wedding was in Palm Springs and dude, underrated are destination weddings. I now have decided. I've never had a bad time at a destination wedding because you get a bunch of people together and it's this whole idea of like, Oh, it's a whole weekend of just let's get trashed. Let's get fucked up. Everything's conveniently right here. I, my hotel room was 30 yards. I mean, your room was, I don't know. You guys were at another hotel, right? Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, but mo- it was with walking distance. My yeah. room was literally like 40 yards from where they were walking down the aisle. Like you couldn't ask for a more convenient setup. Oh, yeah. So, good yeah. Stumble. A good trip hop and a stumble. And it was great know? for me because living in Chicago, getting out of town in December is always nice. Yeah, they're, destination weddings, I, everybody dreads them because they realize that it is an investment. But yeah, when true. you're there, it is a miniature vacation in a way. It's like a tiny one. I mean, you are spending an inordinate amount of money that could go to a larger vacation. But we have, uh, I mean, if everything goes as planned or if not, who knows? Uh, we have a ton of weddings to get to. Like, I almost feel like I'm back in my 20s when everybody got married for the first time. And uh, it's like they're all destination weddings and it's like oof, it's a lot but it's still gonna be like a lot of fun yeah like that, one's in vegas one's in one's in vegas one's in chicago one's in miami miami uh, i've got one miami. coming up it, it was postponed it was supposed to be april 3rd in cartagena colombia whoa. Whoa. whoa had to get my passport renewed for that one because the thing expired a while ago it's gonna yeah, be rescheduled too. for late october so hopefully that could happen. Um, yeah. Yeah, dude, how's it going for you, man? How's your quarantine? I mean, you know, this is a time uh, that is, I, I, I used to just make jokes and now I have to go like, there's so much suffering and death. Uh, but at the same time, living in LA has never been better. Let me tell you, traffic, what? Uh, every restaurant you wanted, water, ever wanted to order from, you can immediately, I mean, they're bribing you to order from them at this point. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I mean, these are restaurants that are like, I mean, you got to wait uh, an hour just to sit down and get a crappy table in and you're, everything's being delivered. We just now, like before we started recording, Postmates has robots delivering food now. And one of their robots rolled up to our front door, opened and opened itself so we could take the food out, closed itself, and then just rolled on down the road. What I'm trying to tell you is... We're doomed. Yeah. We're doomed. Like, we're doomed. 
You know, I was, because there's so many conspiracy theories going around, and a lot of them that are health-related, I got to just tell people right now, they're junk. Dalton is, has a, uh, a wife that's a nurse. My wife's a nurse. I'm related to doctors. I have some friends that are doctors. You and I could talk about this a little bit further. But the one conspiracy thing I was thinking, or not conspiracy, but what could come out of this is so many jobs are going to be eliminated because this is the time. If you're a corporation that was flirting with robots and automation and all that stuff, this is your excuse to just go full on. Like Major League Baseball is even talking about when they come back doing the robot umps now because now everything is like an experiment. It's like, well, shit's fucked anyway. Might as well let's roll the dice and see how this plays out. And if it doesn't work, well, then we'll bring the humans back, you know? Right. Oh, everyone, I'm drinking raspberry white claw. I already opened it. I was going to ask you to oh, choose. Oh, delicious. Between Ruby That's the Gr- thing about those white claws. They go down real quick, real smooth. Dude, I've gotten into them. And this was uh, an emergency one because, an emergency one, but I, I texted my siblings. My wife was at work. I go, hey, could someone go out and give me some alcohol? I'm out of beer. And um, my sister was desperate to get out of the house. So she's like, I have a ton of white claw already in my fridge. I'm just going to bring it to you. I'm like, all right, perfect. No complaints here. You know, a lot of people like to rip on this shit. Remember when, like, Mike's Hard Lemonade, people would drink that, and it's like, what, are you gay? You like Mike's Hard Lemonade? That was also a refreshing beverage that we could have enjoyed in our early 20s or for you, uh, early 40s. High school. And, no, I'm just joking. I know. It was way back in the day. Way back in the day. But I remember people would not admit to liking that because they th- thought you were weak. But now I feel like dudes are like, no, White Claw's good, man. It's like 90 Oh, yeah. Two, dude bros chug it now because they're like, oh, there's less carbs. Uh, but 5% alcohol is more than a Miller Lite or a Coors, you know? Yeah, but you know what's this is the thing. We're gonna find out. My prediction is we're gonna find out that hard seltzer is is like the jewel vaping of boozing. We're <laughs> gonna find that out. And I'll tell you why, because I've run the numbers and it's impossible to make a beverage six percent by volume or five percent by volume and be under a hundred calories. It's you can't do it. And the reason it's weird is they don't tell you where that alcohol comes from it's not derivative of like like with beer you know you there's a fermentation there's that's where the alcohol comes from and the yeast and the barley the hops and such like they don't tell you what's in the hard seltzer it's probably cleaning products is what you're <laughs> drinking right now jesus christ I also it. <laughs> also you know who was early in on, on the hard seltzer game natural light Natural Light's not really known for its product diversification. No, it's I not. I mean, it's... have you ever had Just Natural? There's no Just Natural. It's Natural Light. That's and then a they good were point. like, "Boom, let's get on the seltzer game," and uh, and that's scary because Natural Light. I mean, it's like the official beer of. I only have $8. NASCAR. The official beer of my checking account is overdrawn. Yeah, I need to buy a thousand beers, and all I only have is seven dollars and thirty-seven cents. Sean Flanner used to have a great joke. Everyone, look up comedian Sean Flanner. He's not, he's not been on the he's podcast great. yet. He is great. Another Cleveland guy. There was a beer called Schaefer's that was pretty popular in Ohio, right? Oh yeah, yeah, down uh, down Cincinnati way. Yeah, so Schaefer's used to do commercials even because he used to do a show called The Blackout Diaries. I think it's still around, actually. Anyway, well, there's I, no comment. I still get emails for him. Yeah, they, it's still going, but I don't think he runs it as much as he used to, but he's still like kind of like the guy, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, The Blackout Diaries was a fun show. But in one of his jokes, he talks about the beer Schaefer's, and he played the commercial on YouTube or something. And the slogan was, the beer to have, wait, what was it again? Schaefer's. The beer to have when you're having more than one or something like that? <laughs> it's going to drive me nuts. I'm going to look up the actual thing real quick. 
I love those uh, shitty beer uh, slogans. Like, it's the best of all time is Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. Oh, that's... What a great... It's, the, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah, you know what it is? Um, here, like, oh, you, you, it's funny you mentioned Miller High Life because our, our pal Lisa Traeger says she's going to get the Miller High Life, like, girl on the moon tattooed on her forearm. I love Miller High Life. That'd be a pretty dope uh, tattoo. I'm surprised I haven't seen that one before. That strikes me as something that it has been done, but maybe I don't know enough cool people. All right, Schaefer's beer commercial. I'm going to see if I can play it. Maybe I can get the audio. What the fuck, right? Why not? Here we go. Can you hear it? Mm-mm. Can you hear it now or no? No. All right. Never mind. Sorry, everybody. One beer to have when you're having more than one. Yeah, I heard it. I heard it. It's, it's Schaefer's, the one beer to have when you're having more than one. And they used to have a thing called the Weekender. And that was, that's what they call like their 30-pack. They call it a Weekender or something like that, which I just love the honesty I want, that was Sean Flannery's whole joke was about how there's not enough honest beer commercials. It's always about like this drink responsibility and like, here's your butt, you know what I mean? He's like, where is someone crying in a Taco Bell drive through Where is someone doing that? Like, <laughs> that's the shit I miss. I, I like it how it's called the Weekender because it could also be like, it's the Weekender or you could just finish it today. Weekender today. Yeah, you know, 15 beers a night, I guess if it's one person's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. If it was just for you. But some right. of them, do you ever have that like, you were a high school drinker, right? No, I was not. I, I mean, dude, the first time I ever got drunk was when Zima was out the first time. And I had three of those, and I threw up my insides. <laughs> like, it was an allergic throw up. But it was clear. Zima. It was clear puke, right? Because Zima was yeah, clear oh, beer? I mean, it was multi. I was just... It got me. It put me in a headlock and didn't let go, that Zima. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can't remember. I first got drunk, dude. I think I was like seventh grade. I had, <laughs> I've told this, I guarantee it. Listen, pod, longtime podcast listeners, I apologize because I know I've told this story before, but I think it's been a while. It's been probably a year. I had a friend, uh, this dude, he had a bad home situation. And his dad bought us 40s. So it was a King Cobra 40 ouncer. I think I drank like yeah. one, one and a half and I was like totally buzzed out of my mind or drunk really. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was a good one. And yeah. right, his mother had him when she was 13 years old, right? And, and I remember her telling me this, thinking she was lying, but she's like, no, I'm 26. I'll show you my driver's license. She, when we were 13, she was 26, which just blows my fucking mind. And I think she even said, like, conceived when she was 12. And she was so honest about it. And he was one of those dudes who was actually a smart guy. I remember he got, like, all the teachers would be like, your test scores are always so high when we did, like, those... You know, like I think we call it the Iowa test, and there's all those different standardized tests you take every year. He always did really well in those. But I remember him failing. I don't think he graduated with us because he missed like 44 days in eighth grade because he'd be one of those kids like, I don't want to go. And then his, yeah. par his parents were like, well, we fucking care. I'm not going to say anything or make you or try. Yeah, they were just scumbags, the biggest scumbags. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I never heard adults casually use the N-word until I went into that house. <laughs> apartment. Apartment above a, a Polish bar. Coincidentally, on Milwaukee Avenue in good old Chicago. But yeah, it was that was that was the first time. But you did, so you didn't drink till college. Yeah, I didn't really drink. I mean, in high school, like it wasn't like an all. I was never one of those dudes who snuck a couple beers and went to high school. You know, I actually. But then, like uh, towards the end, like senior year, like we would go and and we would you know get some. 
get some beers at somebody's house. So I guess it was like my senior year, but it oh, was okay. like, no, that's but even normal. then it wasn't, a, it was really tame, man. It was like, I would have like, it was, it was we, I, I swam in high school. So after that season was over, then I was like, okay. But it was like every once in a while. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I always had a guy that like, you know, when we drank in high school, cause you'd split a case. That's kind of what we would do. Like Friday after school, we'd go to whatever liquor store that we knew would sell to underage people. And everyone would throw in some money. And there was always this one cheap ass who would throw a couple bucks. And then when you come back, he'd be like, this is it. It's like, hey, dipshit. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, how do you think dollars get stretched here? You're lucky you're getting any of this. Everyone else threw in a 10, love, you threw in four. And you got to love a big city. A big city that's just like, yeah, we got bigger fish to fry. We'll sell to miners. Who cares? That one guy. Oh, man. We all think it was uh, a thank. Not a thank you. <laughs> what the fuck was I going to say? Why would I say a thank you? You'll understand why I'm laughing at myself right now. We thought it was... His way of being like, I'm one of the good ones. There was a dude named Moon. He was a Muslim guy. And it was right off the highway by Lawrence. I don't know why I'm telling the streets. Only Chicago people would know the reference. And it was just like a little. I kind con- of know the reference. Right? It was a little convenience now. store. Yeah. And um, this would have been 2002. And the, the deal was you'd go there and buy alcohol, but you'd have to pull your car into the alley. And he would carry the case out and put it in your trunk. So he was, we loved the guy. We'd call him, you know, his name was Moon. We're like, hey, what up, Moon? We'd walk in and be like, ah, you know, and he'd tell us to turn, you know, drive around into the alley. And then we, you know, and if we didn't drive, I think he gave us like, he still let us out through the alley. It was always through the alley because he knew we were underage. And then there was other people. So we thought it was kind of like, uh, one of my buddies was like, dude, I think he feels weird about 9-11. So he's trying to like be, hey, man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a cool Muslim. And we were, right. all, we're all adults now and, and know better. But at the time, it was, as teenagers, we're like, Dude, we got you, man. It's cool. We're not like we're not like Toby Keith over here. We're not gonna kick your door in. We gotcha, you know. So yeah. Anyway, that guy was the shit. I like that guy. Yeah, I grew up in small town Kent, Ohio, where our liquor store. It, it was probably easier to get into West Germany from <laughs> East Germany than it was to buy. I mean, dude, these guys. I mean, it was a known thing. Like, do not go there and try to buy underage, or you will get the call. The cops called, and I remember. My freshman year in college, these guys tried with their fake IDs, and I begged them, don't go there. I've just known it's just lore here. And wouldn't you know it, I was just sitting in the parking lot in the backseat of this car, and these guys got taken to jail. That's the worst, man, when you know it. <laughs> we had in high school once, you know, we called it pegging, where you just stand outside a liquor store and hope for, like, a cool Boy, adult that, to walk by. That means something different now. I know. Holy shit, <laughs> does it, dude. I only just discovered that a couple months ago. And I saw, like... Doug. It's not like someone said something about pegging. It's like you got to peg your boyfriend. Excuse gotta go, me? <laughs> yeah, you got to go pegging your boyfriend. Someone like tweeted, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? I had like Urban Dictionary. I'm like, oh, girls are putting on strap-ons and banging, yeah, their, banging their dudes. And I'm like, that's yeah. okay. No, that's not the fun kind of me. To each their own, people. To each their own, I suppose. But yeah, pegging in the old 19, early 2000s uh, stretch uh, was like you'd wait. And then like if someone looked cool usually find a guy in their mid-20s be like, hey, we'll give you some money. You're going to buy some booze. What do you say? And, you know, they usually be like, ah, what the fuck? Or, you know, sometimes they'd be like, ah, fuck off. I remember giving the money to one guy. And as I gave the money, I could see my friend, like, over his shoulder being like. And I gave him the money. The dude went into the liquor store, came out, got in his car, and drove off. Totally stole our money. But I threw a rock that hit the back of his trunk as he drove off because I had a feeling he was going to rob us. Yeah, but I didn't hit the windshield. If I would have hit the windshield, I would have felt like, hell yeah, that's what you fucking get. I just paid you 20 bucks to bust out your windshield, which I would probably do. Like if someone said, you're, you know, I'd pay that. If you're a guy who's done this, you know that that's part of the risk. Like they're going to throw something or chase you down. 
Yeah, I know, man. I think- and it's over 20 bucks, and I'm pretty sure a rock dent is more than 20 bucks to remove. You know, the guy was Puerto Rican, and that's why my friend I thought was shaking his head, and I thought he was being racist. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, dude, it's 2002. I'm woke. And, uh, yeah. and he was right. The guy robbed me. <laughs> he robbed us. <laughs> so, dude, all right, let me ask you this, dude. Um, you, me and you are two of the smartest people in comedy. I think yeah, you're We figured it out. Without a doubt. It's not even close. Yeah. Because we married nurses. Yes. We married. It's Nurses Week, everybody. Uh, big shout out to all the nurses out there, especially our beautiful wives. Um, we were smart because as comedians, it's super unstable, even when, it's, when the going's good. We, health insurance, not part of the, you know what I mean? The Giggle Hut yeah. doesn't offer fucking a 401k or health insurance or dental or any of that shit. And uh, we were geniuses, man. How's- yeah, as a comedian, uh, this is honestly the most stable time I've ever had because it's consistently bad. Yeah. We know it's consistently terrible right now. There's nothing we can do about it. And we all are in the suck together. So that is, you are right. This, it is a completely inconsistent job. It is kind of, I'm not saying this is a good thing at all, but it's very interesting and almost, it, it does feel like more of a camaraderie among comedians because there are comedians we know who were working the whole calendar year full and now everyone's like back to ground zero. And oh, it is. It's like, I mean, as a comic, and you probably do this too, you're constantly, even though you're like, I got to play my own game, I got to stay in my own pocket, you start getting on these social media things where you start comparing your life to other people. And it's like, and everybody's doing so much better than you. And in like one fell swoop, everybody is hurt. I mean, it is like maybe 10 comics who are fine right now. Yeah. And the rest of them, I mean, the rest of them are filing for unemployment, man. That, that is a, that's a waking thing. Because even ones that we know who are doing really well, you know, we know like some guys who like will headline the improvs and the funny bones every weekend, making yeah. like three grand a weekend. You know, you three grand a weekend's great fucking money. Yeah, and fantastic. A, yeah, so you live a lifestyle that is a three grand a weekend lifestyle, which means you, you know your mortgage, your bills, all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, that just comes to a screeching halt. Even with the savings account, after a couple months, it's like fuck. So you're, yeah, it's it feels like you know at the end of Fight Club when all the buildings that were like the credit card buildings and stuff blew up, and that was supposed to bring everyone back to zero. That feels like what had happened, but not not in a good way. I don't think that's very cool because I think it's going to have a ripple effect where when things do start opening up again, we're going to see people who used to headline theaters now going like, oh, I'll fucking work a whole weekend in, you know, some mid-level city. I'll, I'll take that gig in Chattanooga that I would never have taken before. I'll take that gig in Appleton or in, you know, Fort Wayne or, what, you know, all the mid-sized cities I'm naming right now. And then that's going to push guys like you and me down a little bit further. And yeah, I just got us all depressed. Now I'm fucking. You know. Oh no! Well, you, you <laughs> forgot to add a layer to that cake, buddy, and that's the layer of: Do you think all of these comedy clubs are just going to go with regular people? They're gonna, they're gonna go with the biggest names they can get, and anybody who was booked at those times are going to get bumped. Because yeah. if I own a club, I'm not trying to have, and we're just opening them up, and I, I, I'm trying to have the somebody who can get some butts in seats. I'm not trying to have, you know, some guys that are really funny and talented but don't have a following come in. I mean. That's that's the other that's the other foot. That's one hundred percent true. Yeah, you can't even blame these club owners, really, because there is going to be a sense that when things reopen, people are going to be thinking to themselves, "Well, shit, you know, I mean, I want to get back out there and have fun again, 
But if I'm going to go back to a comedy club where we know these comedy clubs, because laughter is contagious, everyone's sitting on top of each other, are they really going to be like packed in like sardines to see an up-and-comer or, or, or a name that they're not really familiar with? I think if they're going to I mean, are they going to even be half-packed? How about that? You know? And is the money going to change because they can't, they're not allowed to have half of who they used to have in the showroom now if they're going to have a show? Yeah. Ugh. I know. God damn. I know. I'm trying, I'm trying to talk about more fun shit, though. But no, it's you got to talk about it. Yeah, you know, you know, we do because it's interesting, and everyone I've talked to, I'm always curious about their. What am I going to go do Zoom comedy? Ugh. Have you done one yet? I did. I did one when we first went into quarantine, and it was like this club. It's a uh, Ventura Harbor Comedy Club, and I, I was like, all right, I'll just see because I have nothing going on. Why not see how this? And of course, they had nothing figured out. I mean, I don't blame them. This is a very new thing. But I've seen them, and I'm like, and, I, and look, we're all looking for something to do. I get it. But it's like you're essentially doing an open mic, but instead of just being in a room where you know nobody will see it, you're broadcasting an open mic. And it's like I, 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 I just I don't want to do it. <laughs> Nothing in my being as a comedian is like this is what I want to do. I don't either. And um, Lisa said it was she had done one. She, she's done a few, actually. And yeah, I'm she's so- done a lot of stuff online. I mean, I give her. I mean, look, if it keeps you busy and you're and you're coming up with new material and you're using and you're adding, then I can go straight to hell. But I, I would, I mean, dude, if I was thinking about going to comedy and I looked at what was going on right now, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to comedy. That's I don't want to do that. Dude, I had no. There's no appeal to me. I was saying that Lisa kind of got me a little bit where I'm like, all right, you know, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try because it looks awful to me, like you were saying. It's, there's no part of it that. What attracted me to stand-up comedy is the live aspect of it. Being yeah. up on the stage, seeing the people. I even it's like... It's a trick. Right? It is. It is a, it's like you're, we're magicians up there in a sense. Yeah. I even like saying, talking to people after the show. When they walk out, I like saying, hey, thanks for coming to the show. I hope you had a good time. I, I really legitly have a good time with that. Having drinks with people afterwards, all that stuff. The idea of like staring into the uh, little box and being A little like, green light. Yeah, I, a little. It's so fucking weird to me because there's no personal connection, and I've noticed, and I, I think I said this to Lisa, so I'm not talking shit behind her back. I've noticed the comedians who are the most like into it are like, no, it's it's still good, are the ones who are like living by themselves, who are like, no, I need the, I need something, damn it. And if this yeah. is if this is what I can do to rub sticks together to feel something, I got to do it. And I understand. It's that. like the nicotine patch of comedy, I think, right now. And I'm not like I've seen some articles like these are the best streaming comedy shows. I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not. I don't care. You know, because like as a comic, you're always you're trying to look for spots and you're begging and you're trading for spots and you know trying to fill that calendar up. You know, but uh, I, I I wouldn't trade anything to do that. It <laughs> sounds awful. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell this little story. They won't mind. Danny Callis texted me and Marty DeRosa. First, he texted us something really funny and made up thing that he did. Uh, he texted us a joke about a local Chicago weatherman about mm-hmm. how he's doing the weather from his house. And how in the background, you saw, dude, they, they fucked up on the camera because the camera went wide and you saw a dude naked with a gag in his mouth that said, come dust dumpster on his chest. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just Danny Kells being Danny Kells. We're laughing about that. And then um, Danny goes, oh, by the way, so-and-so, I'm not going to name who, asked if uh, comedians you should know, which is Ryan Dalton runs the Los Angeles version of the show. He asked if we wanted to do a Zoom show 
there might be some money involved. I wrote no immediately. <laughs> and then I went, wait, how much money? And then they both laughed, ha, ha, ha. And then Marty responded with, I would rather have a ball gag in me with cum dumpster on my chest than do a fucking Zoom show. <laughs> so... <laughs> Did, uh, did you, were you a comic that had a lot going on in the next few months when this all happened? Did you have to cancel a lot of stuff? Yeah, dude, I had a really good April and May and March. Because uh, it was like half of March, right? All of April, all of May. I didn't really have much in June. I had one, um, I, had a, I do this Irish fest every summer. There's um, Irish American Heritage Center in Chicago. It's an Irish fest every July. And like Saturday night, we do an outdoor show, which, which normally outdoor shows, you know, are fucking terrible. But uh, this one is really good because it's like a, it's a tent. It's, it's night, so everyone knows, and we can say whatever we want. And every year we've done it, it's been really fun. Um, so that, that's gone. And then, um, yeah, I had a couple. I had a couple. I had some club dates, and then I had a couple, like, private gigs that were paying real well. So that's just all of it was, like, eliminated at once. And my, my awesome nurse wife is... She's working more now um, because they're giving, like, bonuses and stuff. But she's been on the COVID floor a lot, so I almost feel, like, guilty where I'm, like, just, you Making know. her sleep outside? Yeah, I'd feel, I'd feel bad about that, you know. Well, I'm not getting that shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> the dog keeps her company, right? They go sleep on the deck. <laughs> no, she does a thing where they wear, like, so she goes to work and they give her them scrubs to wear when they're on that floor. So when they're done with their shit, they take those scrubs off. They don't bring them home. And then, you know, right when she comes home, she showers immediately. Which is weird for my kids because they're like, mommy, and they want to like hug her. And she's like, get the fuck away from me. She doesn't say it like that, but she's always like, stay away, stay away, you know. Um, but yeah, has, uh, has Ashley been working? Uh, it, this happened at a time where she was getting a new job. And she had left UCLA and she got a job at USC uh, and uh, go Trojans. Screw nice. the Bruins. Yeah, fuck the Bruins. Uh, I like my, USC better. There's my loyalty. Screw them. Yeah. Uh, Whoever pays you is who you cheer yeah. for. Yeah. Right. Totally. For sure. um, and uh, she hadn't started yet. So I was like, thank God, because my fear was like, what is this going to be like? I mean, are, is USC the day one of your new job? Are they going to go, hey, look, all hands on deck. We need everybody in emergency room. Uh, you're working here now. We'll give you double pay, but you're going to be basically exposed to all the COVID. And I was just like, thank God that they they delayed. Like she starts like this next week, but she's in a doctor's office uh, as opposed to being like in a hospital proper. Oh, well, that's good then. That's nice, man. Yeah. Um, I was like, thank God. Cause it is, it's, uh, I, I mean, it's, they say it's the new normal, but I mean, I still like, when I think about her there, I, I get freaked out. Yeah. I mean, I, it's because of it though, cause we're not messing around. We're limiting the exposure because she's the only source of income right now. And she's working on that floor um, but she's been rotating though. She's COVID one day and then another day and all that stuff, but mostly on that one. I haven't been anywhere. I've only walked my dog. So I've been within a three, four block radius. I haven't been in a car in like, what was it? May something since like maybe six weeks, seven weeks. I think I moved my car from one side of the street to the other cause it was street cleaning. I haven't, um, seen anyone like of my friends, my, um, my dad and stepmom have popped by. Her parents have popped. They haven't been in the house, so they've been, like, window. So we've, like, mm -hmm. talked to them from the deck. So we've really been no contact. I know Illinois is more I – think, I think Illinois is more locked down than California for a while. And, um, yeah, they're not really fucking around in Chicago. The mayor's like, keep your ass inside and all that, and there's all these memes. I like that. 
Yeah. That's good. Um, that mayor, that mayor was, I was watching, uh, we watched meet the press every Sunday here. And I remember, I remember, uh, the mayor of Chicago and I think it was the mayor, uh, uh one of the mayors from Ohio were on and like the next day, <laughs> boom, everybody, I mean, and not even the next day within the next hour, they're like, Nope, nobody's allowed at restaurants anymore. We're not messing around. Stay the F home. You know? Yeah. It was a big thing in Chicago. Where all these memes were going around because uh, Lori Lightfoot's her name. And they would have it where, like, you'd see people, like, hanging out, and then you'd see her in the distance being like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, just this one thing. And people had cardboard cutouts made of her, and they were putting mm-hmm. them on, on their lawns and shit. Like, people weren't fucking around. It was, it was nuts. But, I mean, I still know comedians who are going into, like, the studio I used to do this out of, comedians are still going there. And my guy, James Webb, was like, I disinfected everything. It's fine. I'm just like, dude, there's no reason to be in contact with anyone, though. You just don't know. Yeah, it's 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 taking a risk for no reason. Uh, I mean, sometimes because I just you know, I mean, great with Zoom, you can see faces. This helps out tremendously. But I mean, every once in a while, you want to. I mean, we have friends that live in the Lindsay Adams is like two two streets over, and every once in a while, we'll text and we'll meet outside in front of their driveway just to say what's up, you know, for a little bit, just to see a person have an actual conversation. Yeah, that'd be nice because I've just seen my boy. Like I've you know, I mentioned it's a real small circle. Um, Doesn't and, it almost make you want to cancel car insurance? Still, I was thinking, would it be great if we all as Americans just, man, just took one car off the insurance and stuck it to the insurance company for a minute? That's a good idea. I was actually thinking. I mean, what- I literally can't stand car insurance. I, it is the biggest scam of all time. You want to talk about monopolies, man, they, they just have their foot on our necks. And it'd be great if we really made them suffer for a change. Did I tell you what happened to me? I mentioned this briefly to Marty DeRosa, but he wasn't that interested a couple episodes of the podcast ago. This happened when I was visiting you in December of 2018, when I was in L.A. I was visiting a lot of people, but I I remember seeing you, me, you, and Weaver met up at Jones. Damn, I missed that place, by the way. So good. I did not appreciate it enough when I lived there. I feel like I didn't appreciate it enough. Fantastic. Good pizza, great drink specials, good ambiance. Staff was always nice. Um but yeah, I uh, I remember telling, looking at, I showed you guys. I go look at the side. You don't see any damage, right? They're like, you guys look. No, it's fine. I got into a little tiny fender bender. But that month, that was November 29th, and then like the you know the next day or something, my insurance went back into effect. I didn't know this, but I didn't have car insurance for 24 hours. I had gotten, but I didn't know. But anyway, just to be safe, I always get the rental car insurance. It's like 12 bucks a day. I'm like, I might as well have extra. I got collision. Did you know that collision? only covers the, the car you drove, not the other car. The other car is liability. Now, you think collision right. would cover you if you're in a fucking collision. Collision. Right? right. It doesn't. That's why I also hate these assholes because they, they do that shit on purpose to confuse you. And um, so I got into that little bump with the woman. We exchanged information. I'm thinking whatever. The reason my insurance through State Farm was disabled for 24 hours was because it would automatically withdraw from my wife's debit card her debit card expired that month. She didn't realize it, you know. Got a new debit card, forgot to be like, hey, by the way, take it out of this card now because the other one expired. Uh, I guess they sent us an email, but our insurance sends us emails like every other day and most of the time it's spam bullshit. So you just kind of yeah. like whatever. She then saw it, fixed it, but we didn't have insurance for a 24-hour period. In that 24-hour period, that's when I get into the fender bender. I go back and forth with them because they first, they first tell me that I'm going to owe $3,300. That's how much the damage was. I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? If my hand was in between the two cars, my hand wouldn't have broke. That's how weak the fucking collision was. And you're going to tell me it's $3,400? This is robbery. Investigate this shit. I'm going back and forth with them. 
And they come back going, how about 2,000? And this was August of 2019 was the last time I heard from them. I go, all right, fine, I'll settle for that. I'll pay you, can I pay you next month though? Just, you know, give me the payment where I got to pay. Because I'm thinking I'm not going to win with these corporate fucks. You never win with them. And, yeah. um, and I didn't want it to linger. And at the time I was doing okay, so I'm like, fine, I could take the, we could take the $2,000 hit. So I never hear back from them. I send them an email asking for where to pay them. Give me the info. What do I write a check out to? Don't hear from them. So I'm thinking, all right, it's on them now. I'm not going to fucking hunt them down so I could pay them money. That's not how that right. works. I don't go, hey, teacher, you forgot to collect my homework. I don't do that shit. So I, you know, time goes by. That's August of 19, 2019. Guess when they hit me up finally? When? The day the stimulus check hit our fucking account. Ah, uh, <laughs> wow, that's the worst. Evil fucks. Don't ever rent a car from Hertz, ever anybody. Pieces mm -hmm. of shit. So our, our stimulus check just went right, like, you know, we got 2,900. Should have got more because we have two kids, but the one kid was born after the last tax day, and we didn't file our taxes for this year. So lost, you know, so most of our stimulus went towards Hertz rent-a-cars. Fucking pieces of shit. But you're right. I thought about that. I'm like, what if someone bought, imagine you bought a brand new car on like March 10th, going, yeah, baby. And then three days later, it's like, you're, you can't go to your job anymore. You can't visit anybody anymore. And your car's just sitting there. You'd be furious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that, it sucks. It sucks still paying for car insurance. They're the worst. They, they deserve to suffer for a little bit. Yeah, I want to get rid of them, man. Something else I wanted to ask you that I thought would be a fun question for a guy like you. Oh, yeah, dude, I got jealous, but I also thought it was really cool when you were, like, sharing photos around Hollywood. Because I know where you live, because I used to live not that far from you. And you were going on, like, walks down, like, Hollywood and Highland, which used to be, I think you called it, I think you used to call it this. I'm pretty sure this was you. You would say it's Times Square, but way worse. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's their version of it. It's, uh, it's, I, it's one of the most visited places on, in the country, let alone the world. It's like an iconic place. But you get there. I feel bad for people who have traveled on a plane from another continent to go see a homeless guy peeing on the NSYNC uh, star. Yeah, that's where the you Hollywood know, Walk like, of Fame is, everybody. I walk, I walk on, I, I did walk on it to go to the gym every day and you'd have to walk around people and it was really kind of a pain in the ass. And then like if you go to now and you, you walk and it's just like, it looks like a, a deserted movie set of a place. It's, it's so bizarre. Yeah. I, I, the photos you were sharing, I think it was on Instagram. I'm like, this is like the apocalypse. I've like I'm surprised you haven't there. been to downtown Chicago just to be like, I can't believe it's, it, it, it looks okay until you're walking in the middle of it. Then you start getting freaked out. Like something, you get this cold on the back of your neck. Like this is a bleak future. Dude, I haven't been anywhere. Like I haven't gone to stores. That's insane. I My can't wife believe... does all the shopping. That's insane. Yeah, she you, won't let you... me. <laughs> what, because you screw it up so bad? No, I'm actually, no, before this all happened, I was the guy who went to the grocery store because I'm, I am a better grocery shopper than she is. I'm faster. I'm more efficient. Um, although I will always miss one thing on the fucking list. I admit always, that. every time, every it's time. like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm at also at that age where I'm like, am I going senile? Is this is what it all Is this early on uh, Alzheimer's? Yeah, I don't know. We put also like, this is to give her a little bit of a hard time. She's not the most fluent texter with the way she does stuff. Sometimes, you know, it'll be like four different texts where I'm like, just make one big long one and I could go down my checklist. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't been 
did, like that's what I was saying. I couldn't do anything. I would love to go into a place, even with a mask on. I hear people bitch, I gotta wear a mask. I'm like, I wanna go into a store. So Mother's Day is Sunday. I don't, I, I can't cook, so I wanna get food for us, but I'm not gonna be able to pick it up. So you didn't try to learn how to cook in all this time off? You didn't try to pick up a loaf of bread? <laughs> Dude, no, I'm not doing that bacon bread bullshit that everyone's doing. I, um, no, I could cook a little bit. I could cook some stuff, you know. Um, I'm a good griller. I, um, but the weather has been shit in Chicago. It's another thing I miss about L.A. I, uh, I've got, you know, I'm, stay, I'm full-time stay-at-home dad now. I was mostly stay-at-home dad, comedian at night. But the difference before is when I was doing the comedy at night, I could at least have some grandparents come by and watch the kids the next day if I'm a little groggy from the night before or get a little bit of a break here and there. I'm getting no breaks now. And um, so I'm just too tired for a lot of that stuff. So a lot of the stuff I cook is like I'm throwing in a frozen pizza, I'm microwaving. I'm a hell of a microwaver, dude. I can microwave like a motherfucker. <laughs> I know the exact time uh, to reheat something. We, uh, we no longer eat meat as of January uh, 6th. We uh, don't eat meat. So I know a big scare story right now in the news is the, 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 the meat shortage, uh, like possible. Does that freak you out at all? Like, do you even think about that? I would love to be meat free like you guys are. I tried it way back when, like in 2013, I went like almost three months without eating meat. And then I think I went to like Cubs opening day and I'm like, I got to have a hot dog. And then back then I, no. I was like beefs yeah. and, and sausage and everything shoved in my steaks. Yeah. Cause it's one of those things where as soon as you fall off the wagon, you fall off hard. And you're like, I forgot how good everything was. Medium. Like I made a rule. I made a rule that like, I will never order meat, but if I accidentally get it, I'm not going to send it back because they'll throw it away. And that, that animal has already been sacrificed. So it would be, it would be way more of a waste if it went into the trash can than me accepting this, uh, this animal. But, uh, yeah, we did it. And uh, I got to tell you all this, uh, meat replacement stuff, that's not in shortage. It's everywhere. Yeah. I like a lot of it too. I, I can't it's good. Yeah. Some of it's really good. Can't really some tell of the it's difference. Terrible. Some of it is I had something, and, and this is the only way to describe what I had. It was ground meat, and we made, like, tacos out of it, and it tasted like somebody took some moist pencil erasers and broke them up and put them in one bag, and you were just eating that. <laughs> oh, and that's exactly what it tastes like. I was, like. I was, like, dry heaving as I was chewing it. It's disgusting. Yeah, no, there's some places where it's, oh, God, I've had some awful vegan cheese where I'm like, what do you, this is bad. Yeah, there's bad. You gotta you gotta find the right things, and once you find them, you you glom onto them so that you always know where they're at because they don't. It's not like everything else where there's so much of of one like meat. Like you go to the the meat counter, there's so many different kinds of meats. It's like please have the one meat that kind of tastes like meat in the plant variety. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, some of the Beyond Meat stuff I've had before. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I like it a lot. You know, actually, I my favorite anything. But you put buffalo sauce on is really good. You know, my cousin's vegan, and for his bachelor party, we went to one place in, in the middle of, you know, running around. And I had, um, like, these buffalo chicken, fake chicken, of course, wings, and uh, mashed potatoes. And I got the buffalo sauce mixed in the, with the mashed potatoes. Hell, and yeah. it was fantastic. There's, I'm surprised yes. buffalo sauce isn't pushed more as, like, a condiment. What, like, why? Yeah. It should be doused on mashed potatoes we and baked potatoes and stuff. 
we always keep a large bottle of buffalo sauce red hot in the uh in the fridge you never know what you need to dip it in and you know you're the one that got me on putting hot sauce on my eggs i always put I hot sauce hot on sauce eggs now. but you don't do eggs anymore either so what made you decide to switch over was it animal loving or was it just <sighs> a health choice uh no you have well i always i mean dude i love animals but i, I always was like it's not like I ate that much steak, and I was only eating chicken, uh, really, as pretty much it. I barely really had red meat except for, like, you know, an occasional cheeseburger or a steak maybe once every two months. Uh, but then I saw this documentary called Game Changers on Netflix. Dude. And like, <sighs> it is – if you see it. that I've seen and then it, you, yeah. and you walk out of it going, nah, I'm good, like, it, it, it is such a – it doesn't preach to you, but it definitely provides so many different arguments on what, why are you doing this to yourself when you could be almost enhanced by changing your diet, like yeah. enhanced. I love and then they throw, in, they throw in all of these pro athletes, also athletes that are past their prime who got pushed to do things in the Olympics. Then you, they, you bring in pro football players. And then to the, the, the coup de grace, Arnold Schwarzenegger rolls out. Ah, it's bullshit. You don't need it. Ah, I, I all I eat is veg and stuff. I did it all wrong. Like he's like going against everything he was told. And uh, that was it. And then they say the thing about, how, you know how much environmental damage it does just to feed like one cow? Yeah, oh, it's I was brutal. Like, I'm out. I'm out. I can't be a part of that anymore. Knowing what I know, I can't. I can't. You've driven from L.A. to San Francisco before, right? Never. Never? Okay, well, it's, it's, like, it's like four and a half, five hours maybe. There, you will, along the five, you know, the Golden State Freeway going up that way, you will pass like a farm, and it's on the right going north, and it's, you've never seen so many cows in your life. I mean, it is cows, like, as far as the eye can see for a, for a good stretch. It's insane right. how many cows you'll see. I later found out from someone that they, people refer to that as cow schwitz because... <laughs> Just horrible, really. Like Auschwitz, but Kauschwitz. Yeah, and right. uh, got you got it. All right. I didn't know if you need to explain, <laughs> but <laughs> and I think McDonald's owns it. Someone was trying to was telling me. I don't know. I didn't fact check it, but it was believable because I know a lot of McDonald's corporate offices. McDonald's is everywhere, but and California produces a lot of everything, and it's just like holy shit! Look how many animal and the and what they do is really awful, and. To people who are like, dude, I fucking love meat. I, I get it. I get it. I went back to it. Because I first, when I first went vegan, a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a while, I bumped into. You might know him. A comedian named Drew Fries. Um, yeah. Love he, Drew Fries. Really good dude. He, I, I hadn't seen him. Like, you know how you just don't see someone for a while. And then all of a sudden I bumped into him. And I'm like, dude, you look great. What the fuck's to have you? Just working out like crazy? And he's like, well, yeah, a little bit. But I also went vegan. I haven't had meat in like three and a half months. I'm like, holy shit. Guy looked slim, looked fantastic. And I'm like, well, how do you feel? He goes, dude, I've never felt better. And that was enough to sell me on it. So then I switched. I watched that Forks Over Knives documentary, switched over. Then you get lazy. I watched Game Changers like three or four months ago. I watched, here's where I was dumb. I watched it right before Thanksgiving. Kind of hard to just yeah. be like, ah, I'm not going to do it now. You were smart. You started January 1st. Dude, when you're a parent though, man, that's why, every, that's why the dad bod, everyone gained some weight. That's but why I felt like a fat ass at Gailey's wedding. Like, I just didn't start then. I knew I was going to do this because I put off seeing Game Changers because I'd already heard so much about it. And then I saw who was like, Schwarzenegger was producing it. And then I was like, oh no, I feel like after I see this, I'm going to want to immediately do it. 
and I already had that mindset. But then I was realistic about it. I said, I'm going to watch this in December, and then we're going to go back home to Ohio for Christmas, and I am going to have my Mariano Rivera stadium to stadium farewell <laughs> to baseball. I mean, dude, I was hitting every joint. By the second to last day before we had to come back to Ohio, I mean, back to California, I literally looked at Ashley like, I, I have to stop. I feel so bad. I can't keep going. I, 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 like, I had anxiety because I was just shoving the worst food into my mouth, chugging beers, like just, I was redlining this bad boy. I was going to blow the clutch out of my body, my a-hole. And, uh, <laughs> and I did it right. Like I hit everything. And then by the six, when we finally got home, I was like, I just, I don't want to eat. I don't even want to look at me for a while. That's a good way to do it. That's like smoking 200 cigarettes or whatever the hell they people do. You got to do it. You got to do it that way or you won't just like exactly what you said. You're like, dude, holidays. What, what in the holidays? You're going to all of a sudden be healthy. Get out of here. No one's no one's capable of that. Uh, and, and I mean, you got to make yourself so sick of the thing you're doing before you do the change. Then you then you want to do it. Yeah, man, I want to go there. That documentary for everyone. Again, you check it out. I'm not going to preach. Incredible. I'm not one of those people. It's and, and it's not a preachy document. What was incredible to me was when, so it's, it's the, this UFC athlete who had these bad injuries and then was trying to come back from the injuries and was talking to different people about comebacks and like, you know, was really researching the human body and was really determined. And this guy now, his job is he trains the United States military on how to be badasses, essentially. That's how fucking yeah. badass this dude is. And there was a rope drill. And the longest anyone, there was like a club. If you'd done it for longer than 10 minutes, you'd sign this thing. And not that many people could do it for that speed longer than 10 minutes or something like that. And he had never done it. He had tried and just always got too tired. And now he was like only a week in there, maybe not, maybe, I don't know, maybe a month into the no meat diet. And he started to do it. It was six weeks. Was it It six six weeks? weeks. He did it for an hour and then said, and no one had ever done it that long. Did it for 60 minutes and felt not even that tired afterwards. And then there was another part of the day. So that was a, a game changer, too, because I feel tired a lot. And, you know, because at the time I was, you know, kids all day, wife comes home, what's up, babe, how are you, all this stuff, running out to do a show, coming in late. I was due for a good year, maybe year and a half. I was, if I got five hours of sleep, I felt like a champion. I was probably averaging right. four, four and a half hours of sleep for a good year and a half. And so I'm like, all right, I got to come up with different things, change my diet, you know, exercise, all this stuff. But, you know, again, very hard to do. Another part of that documentary that I thought was cool because they were playing, they're they're being smart about how they're presenting this info. That doctor who I'd heard of before, I almost bought his book, but I just watched enough YouTube videos where I felt like I read it. (laughs) It was Mark Furman, um, (laughs) which sounds like the one OJ lawyer guy, I think, um, or whatever. But yeah, I think a guy, he wrote the book called Forks Over Knives. And he has these college football players. I think they're USC players, maybe. Yeah. And they, he had them go to bed with this thing around their dicks. Remember yeah. that? And, oh, yeah. Uh, and they fed them. They go, all right, we're going to feed you your meals for the day and then record you as you sleep. And then we're going to feed your meals the next day. The day they all had, they had an all-veggie diet for that day, their bon- they had boners the whole night. And it was yeah. like, way better for your dick health. Where when they had meat all day, it was like, man, your dick woke up once. You'd be like, hi. But, like, when you had veggies all night, like, you were just, like, bam. And, like, not only the – I can't remember the, the device. I would want to buy that device just for fun. The device measured how hard you got, too. So yeah. they got, and one guy got – It was like a uh, – it was like one of those uh, 
blood pressure sleeves, but for your dick. Yeah, it was. I fucking hate, <laughs> dude. I no bullshit. I hate the blood pressure sleeve. I do. I get. I get weird with them. Um, I was. I, whenever it gets real tight on my bicep, I feel like fuck you, and I want to like flex it back against it to be like, don't squeeze me so tight, you little bitch. You know, I want to. I want to fight the thing after I'm done with right. it. Right. Um, the uh, plant boner thing. Me. Yeah. The plant boner thing was the real selling point, even though I say <laughs> it's all the other thing. But and I'll tell you why. Because I'm in my 40s, and I, sexually. I had that moment that most pro athletes have where they go, oh, shit, I probably, I probably need to hang it up. Like, <laughs> I need to retire <laughs> because people are – I'm getting beat off the line. I'm not I, – I can't – I can play only reserve minutes. Where'd my first you step know, I go? Still got, yeah, I still got my Wiley veteran. I can, you know, give you a flat tire, you know, in the paint <laughs> every once in a while. But I, uh, I was like – that was really the sales pitch. And after six weeks, man, I, I'm not trying to say – I'm not trying to say I was back to being 18, Ryan Dalton, but I was just saying, uh, it, it with look, the the Ryan Dalton that could all of a sudden bang after two in the morning and drinking all day, he died. He's no longer with us. Like I need, I can have a few drinks, but I need to know this is happening. I need to plan accordingly the fluids. I need to keep all systems go like a really old swimming pool. I need to have like all of the pH balance. I need everything to be check your levels. And that is, that was before. And now with the plant-based, I was like, dude, this is like 20, my, my twenties with these things. And I was like that to me, that's, that's all the difference. Plus I, I, ri- I tore some, not tear, but I had like a, like a strain here from uh, going to the gym. Jerking off? And, from jerking off? No, my left hand. Oh, uh, nice. uh, I had a strain here, and then like after six weeks, and I couldn't get rid of it, dude. It was, I would lift, and then my left arm felt like I was a heart, having a heart attack. Like I would lose feeling in my hands. And uh, I was like, after six weeks, it was like with just a little bit of soreness that that was gone. And it was all about that the energy you get and then also just being able to, to recover, you know? Yeah. See the recovery time. I mean, that's the, the documentary like blew my mind in a lot of ways. Um, and, and it's funny because like, you know, there's a lot of talks about with documentaries cause they, they pivot an agenda and all that, but I really feel like, Oh they, yeah. They, I'm very, very suspicious. Every time I started a, a new documentary, I'm like, really, what did you leave out? What are you trying to, what picture are you really trying to paint? You know? Yeah, I always feel what, like, what's the net gain? But it's funny that, like, you know, I was joking around saying that the corporations are going to use this as automation, but then there's a good chance that the other side of this, everything being locked down right now, is that maybe more people will be like, all right, I guess we're going to have to have plant based diets because we're not going to trust our meat supply. So maybe that'd yeah, man, be a good I, thing in a weird way. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I, when I saw all those meat uh, plants that have had all these COVID outbreaks in their hotspots, I'm like, I don't want any part of that. Yeah, I don't know. We haven't, you know, we haven't really had a whole lot of stuff. And as far as we know, we've gotten, we've bought good meat. But yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's meat plants in Iowa. And I got to imagine Chicago gets a lot of the meat from nearby Iowa. But I always thought we got our own Illinois farms too. I don't know. I'm fucking clueless when it comes to shit like where did you get your food supply? But maybe we should be better about that. I don't know. Like, it's funny when you talk to people about like GMO stuff. Some people are like, no, most GMOs are fine. And I'm like, yeah, I could, I could buy that. But the argument wasn't how good or bad they are. The argument was to label the fucking product. That was the right. big thing. They're like Monsanto or whatever that they yeah, Monsanto. They're not labeling their shit. And we need to, we deserve to know what's in our food. 
And other people are like, they're fine. They're fine. It's a waste of time to label them. I'm like, fuck you. Because you're not going to tell me what's <laughs> in it. That, you're clearly hiding something then. Um, yeah. Yeah, dude, I don't know, man. All right, let's, let's switch to something a little different here. Uh, this is really one of the reasons I wanted you on. Not one of the reasons, but I know you're a big sports fan. You've been watching The Last Dance, right? Are you kidding me? It's all that there is in sport. I mean, at this point, Joe, We're going from one documentary watch, to another, aren't we? I would watch competitive writing at this point. I'm so fucking bored. And and what a letdown. I mean, for sports fans in general. I mean, it is entertaining. I won't lie to you. I tune into sports radio and ESPN every once in a while just to see them try to talk about something. Just yeah. try. I mean, they have nothing to go to. Nothing to talk about. They were talking about the NFL schedules, and that, that was like, this is going to chew up the week. They got to talk about schedules? Yeah. Schedules? I know. It just came out. They, make, they love it, though, because it just came out. I mean, dude, the, let's break down. Let's predict every game coming forward. You know? The Cleveland Indians were coming to play three games in Dodger Stadium. I was thrilled. It was gonna, I was going to go to all three games, man. I was going to be – I couldn't wait. And then that happened. I was going like to come to L.A. in May, May 1st through um, – I think it was like May 1st through 3rd or 4th I was planning. I was looking at flights already. I was looking at flights in early March. I'm like, all right, two months from now, I'll come because the Cubs are going to play the Dodgers. Oh, so I remember dude, going we like. Had you, uh, we would have had you on the Comedians You Should Know show at the Comedy Store. Oh, hell yeah. I want to talk about that in a second, too. Um, I, yeah, I was, oh, like, I was planning my trip. Because, you know, I used to play in that baseball league on Sundays. Remember that yeah. shit? So I was thinking, like, maybe I could get there Saturday <laughs> through, like, a Wednesday. Yeah, because you hit a chick with a pitch. I did. Don't crowd the fucking plate. Male or female. <laughs> Okay. That's my favorite story. Fucking every time you tell every time you tell that story, you're mad at the girl you hit. Uh, no, she was cool. <laughs> she understood it. She was fine with her. her name is Irina Sky. 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 Yeah, you know her. Um, yeah. Female comedian. Uh, I I know a lot of people got pissed at her because she was like a woman who was like. Fucking, I hate all these liberal bitches. She was like one of those. Oh, uh, she was like Antifa or something. She, Isn't she a Russian chick? She's no, she is Russian. She's from, I think she was born in Russia. Yeah, she moved she, to New York. She moved to oh, New York. She? She's and conservative she was like, as hell, and, man. Yeah, she got involved in like some. No, because she, she I don't know, like, but I, she was like, she was going to protests and stuff like that. I was like, dude, I don't know. Good for she? you and stuff. But yeah, like she said, she was like. Uh, no, she was fighting Antifa. That's yes. what she was doing. She was and I like, was like, you're what? Dude, she was like Owen Benjamin's biggest supporter. When all that stuff oh, with him was going down, she was like, I believe in him. He's right. I told her a story, this chick's story about how like I got pulled over in Illinois and it was, I know why I got let, I mean, I got let go. And it was, I was, I was like, dude, that was white privilege. The guy didn't want to write a ticket. I wasn't the target. And that was You it. were in the car with and me it, when I got pulled over once. Remember that? Yeah. When I sped out I of was. that one parking lot, I picked you up from Burns' old place. In a minivan. Yeah. yeah. And we got let go for the same reason. Anyway, go ahead though. Yeah. Finish. And uh, she wouldn't hear it. And I was just like, you've got to be kidding me, right? Like, of course I got let go for that. I literally told the cop, I portrayed a cop once on a television show. And it had him looked up, and that's why he let me go, and that was the end of it. And yeah. she wouldn't, she wouldn't hear it. I, I don't. Yeah, that's that's the thing with me on on people who are extreme on the left or the right. I can't talk to them. Like, dude, the two no, extremes they don't want to have like, a debate. I'll yeah. talk, dude, I have friends who downright can't stand their beliefs, but there's still a riot. I still go hang out with them. Yeah, for they're sure. Still, I can still get, I can get along with people I don't agree with politically. It's just like. It's the people that won't even hear it. 
or that make me insane. Yeah, I can't stand those people right now. Oh man, and and they're everywhere with like Facebook and all that shit. But that baseball league, that was my first game playing. I had uh, they had just started the league, and Rhea Butcher, a friend of mine, Cleveland uh, association with you, and uh, they asked me if I wanted to join the team, and I was like, hell yeah, I've been. I think I mentioned, I was like, oh, you're, you're playing baseball? Because I saw, like, pictures on Instagram. I'd love to. And um, I got to play. But it was funny. I, I went to a practice first. I'm trying to remember everyone, so I'm, like, a little off with the story here. All right, yeah, I went to practice, and they said, well, you, did you used to pitch? And I go, yeah, I used to pitch a little bit. Cool, we need more pitchers. So the next, I went, four days later after the practice, we had our first game, or my first game, and they had me pitch. And I hadn't pitched in fucking 12 years or so. I was, like, 30 years old at the time. And I didn't pitch since I was like 17, 18. And I'm like, this is nuts. I can't. And I think I ended up throwing like four innings. I couldn't move my arm for a week after that. But this, oh my the number. No condition. You probably didn't even warm up. I, I did a little bit, but not nearly enough. So everyone, just a little back. So this was a co-ed fast pitch league. Co-ed and oh. fast pitch. And no thanks. Yeah. And so a lot of, um, I was happy with the fast pitch aspect. Because I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And, um, and there, yeah, there were women playing, of course, which I thought was cool. Um, because it was great. Everyone could come together and play baseball, and a lot of the guys, no one was, like, really superstar-ish. There were some people who were really good, and they later left the league because they were like, we need a little bit more competitive league, I guess. And um, But I, I loved it. It was a fun league we played. Like, there was a home run fence. It was like a, like a diamond out in Pasadena. And I remember my second at bat, or no, my first, the first batter I faced, I think I got him to ground out weekly. And... The, the head coach of that team, who, who was, it was all coached by people like our own age, like kind of walked up to me going like, hey, you're not going to throw that hard to the, to the women, are you? And I was like, dude, because I think his team only had like two girls. There was no limit. There should have been like a mixed limit, I feel like. Every team had to have X amount and start X amount. Because my team, we had you know, nine batters. We had four women or five even at some games. And he goes, dude, don't fucking throw that hard. To a, to a woman, you know? And I looked at him, and I'm like, motherfucker, if I start lobbing it in when girls are in the batter's box, yeah. you see all the women in my dugout? They're going to fucking kill me. They're going to they're gonna fucking call me. as You know, these are all com- com- comedians and comedian writers who are very strong feminists. They're going to fucking light me up. I'm not going to deal with that. And also, like, we're all supposed to be equals here. It's fun, you know? And, and he's just, he gave me, like, he rolled his eyes. Like, you know, he, was, he thought I was a dick. Walked off. That girl, Irina, steps in the batter's box. First pitch I throw, blast her in the fucking thigh. And he looked looked at me like it was – he thought I did it on purpose. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him. John Rocker up there. Hey, broad, step in the plate, bitch. Like, you know, I mean, I wasn't doing that. (laughs) But, but yeah, I I think I understood. It would make sense from his point of view to be like, this prick did that on purpose. Like, he's like, I'll treat everyone like an equal. Get off the fucking plate, sweetheart. Like, Like, I was all of a sudden that guy. No, I just had bad aim. I, I, was, I was wild still. I wasn't, you know. But I, I couldn't, if, I, if you lob it, you're more wild, believe it or not. So I was like, I got to throw as hard as I, I got to do my full wind up. And then I settled in, and I was one of the best pitchers in that league for a while. And then my arm started to fall off. I, I pitched in that, I played in that league for, was it two or three seasons even, I feel like. I started, um, I moved in May of 2017, and that late March and April. So I, I got a good six games in before I left. And I remember in 2016, I hit a bomb over the fence, and I was pissed off I didn't pimp it. But then I pimped one, <laughs> I pimped one that hit off the top of the fence. I hit one off the top of the fence where I kind of did one of those, where I, like, fucking, like, and it's kind of like, I didn't flip it, but I kind of, like, did one of those. 
hit the top of the fucking center field wall. And I was like, son of a bitch. Bases were loaded, so everyone just advanced one base, long-ass single. What can you do, though? Dude, uh, one of the best moments you ever had was when we went to a rap party of the TV show we were working on, Sullivan and Son. Sully and Son? And we Son. got ham. I mean, dude, <laughs> we... I planned on this. Like, I drank tons of water. I, like, worked out before because I knew I was going to get buck wild drunk because it yeah. was on their dime. Dude, it was five and, blocks from my apartment, too, I remember. Yeah. We got obliterated, and then I was said I was playing basketball the next day. <laughs> and then you're like, dude, I'll play. And I'm like, are you sure? And you're like, no problem. And then the next day, I was like, I think I texted you, like, dude, I'm going to leave for basketball. I, I fully expected you to say no. You're like, come get me, man. And I'm like, dude, it's kind of late. Like, the game starts at this time. No, I'll be ready to go. You got in my car, and you got in the passenger seat, like I, and it looked like I was delivering I, like a human, a cadaver. <laughs> you looked like you were going to the morgue. I mean, you fell asleep on the way to the game I know, from your place. I know, it's not drive either, 15 minutes. Maybe. It is it. Yeah. And I'm like, I hear you just snoring. And I'm like, oh. And so that's not even the worst. So we get there uh, to the where all the comics are playing. And in order to play, you, we go to these playgrounds. you got to climb a fence, which, by the way, if, unless you're a kid, it's very dangerous. Yeah. There's a lot of risk there. And it's a high fence. And so you navigated that. I gave you credit for and then we played one game and you started playing and you were looking a little green and then you just stopped. You pulled yourself out of the game and you threw up three stomach pulls. I don't know where it was coming from. You could not stop throwing up. And I, I just wish I would have hit record on my phone because it was hilarious. And then you went back and played and then you, you had your Michael Jordan pickup yeah, basketball game. I did. <laughs> you scored some points, got some rebounds, and then you checked out of the game and just threw up more than I've ever seen. You got back in my car. I drove the 7-Eleven. You had some Gatorade on the way to the 7-Eleven. You threw up in the in the 7-Eleven parking lot. I remember And like that. to the point where people were walking by and they looked at you and went, ugh, because he was just gushing out of you. I, remember I was blown away. I'm like, there is, I think a lung came out. There's no way you have this much anything inside you. I remember that specifically because uh, the 7-Eleven parking lot vomit sticks out to me because we pulled in and you went in and I remember looking out the window and there was a woman who looked like one of the hottest women I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and I remember going like, oh, she looks like she just came to LA. This is like her second day in town. You know what I mean? Because she was dressed way too nice to be at that 7-Eleven at that time of day. Like, I'm just here. It's Saturday. I just got here. And I'm so happy. Sure. And I'm the hot girl from whatever small town I'm from. And, and, and she was unbelievable, right? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm like, well, welcome to L.A. And I just started throwing up. And she saw oh. it, too. She fucking saw it. And I didn't, I didn't give a shit. But I remember talking to CJ Taldano about that. And he did the Jordan flu game reference, too, where he was like, yeah, it was amazing. I saw you guys before you hopped the fence. And I think I might have thrown up before I hopped the fence. And I thought, like, oh, God, a homeless guy's puking. And then you guys hopped the fence. I'm like, oh, no, that's just Dalton and Kilgallen. And, and I, like, laid on the bench. And there's a photo that I think you took of me that I have. I I mean, it, I'm going to post on Instagram tomorrow, everybody. And um, I then and, – and I remember CJ going – and then you played – and you shot like six or seven. You hit like maybe you maybe missed one shot. You grabbed every rebound. You played stellar D, and it was weird. And then I think you said I think I played the one game, and I you know we only played to eleven. And I think I scored you know by ones maybe in a couple twos. I think I had like eight of the team's eleven points. 
And I don't know what it was. I think I was just like, all right. I, my brain could only focus on one thing. So I'm like, all right, the next 13 minutes, I got to focus on this pickup basketball. And then as soon as I hit the last shower, it's like, all right, that's game. High five, high five. And I went right back to it. And then you played a few more games. You were, you were way better than I was. I was out of my mind. Dude, I was doing yeah, a thing. A- I was doing a thing for a stretch there when I'd get really drunk. And it started um, in Chicago before I moved to LA because that was like my first, that was like the first summer where we both, you had just moved there, I feel like. Or maybe you hadn't moved yeah. there officially yet. No, I hadn't moved there yet. I was just uh, visiting while we worked on the show. Yeah, we worked on Sullivan and Sons. That was 2014 because I moved there mm-hmm. in Fe- February of 2014. And um, where when I'd get really drunk, I would spray beer or throw beer up in the air. And I think I took that from Chicago because the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup in 2013. And I, you know, and they won in 2010. I was kind of rolling with some of those dudes where it was just like, fuck it, we can do whatever we want. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I remember that at that time being on the dance floor from that rap party. And I went like this to some beer. And luckily it only landed on Roy Wood Jr. and like a Meta oh. Med. And my wife being like, do not fucking do that. Because, you know, I can't spray Brian Dolan Murray with beer. I can't spray yeah. Vince Vaughn with beer. You know, I meant that he might have been cool with it. But some of them, you know, would have been I'm, I'm name dropping everyone christine ebersole might have been like what the fuck you know but you know who yeah. i pissed off that night the dude from big bang theory the yeah the indian guy from big bang theory i remember that i still yeah. get chills like in my body when i think about that moment god dude he hate he hated me in that moment <laughs> in that moment because we were cool before that because he guest started one of the episodes and i remember um who set up remember we had a little golf thing set up on the stage where you could hit golf balls yeah. in your net. I don't know if uh, Dan Loria or Brian Dylan Murray set it up. And they were like, oh, anyone, just go ahead. Everyone had fun with it. So, like, you know, after lunch or between takes, everyone hit some balls. And I was hitting some, and he came up, and he was like, oh, can I get in next? I'm like, yeah, for sure. And we were just chit-chatting. He was like, I'm from Chicago. Cool. Welcome. I just moved to town. So we were cool. So when he showed up to the rap party, he was like, hey, what's up, man? You know, and we, we were friendly and laughing again. And then someone who was that worked with us was on the dance floor, and I said, oh, you should go talk to her. And he was like, I'm married. And then I'm like, oh, cool. yeah, all right. Forgot. And then he was just like a fucking asshole about it. But then I think maybe there might have been. But anyway, like, I was like, I, I, my bad. I didn't, I didn't know. I don't know. Because we were standing next to each other as she was, like, dancing with another girl. So I thought yeah. he was, like, into it. So I'm like, right, you know. I thought I was being, like, a cool wingman type dude. And he was, like, a fucking dick. And I remember seeing him, like, months later at a thing. And he, like, I think he gave me, like, a, like a dickish head nod. And I was like, all right, cool. Fucking go make your $9 million a year on your highly rated show. You mean more like per episode. I know, man. That whole fucking Big Bang Theory cast was making tons of money. I don't know. Yeah, he was a nice dude. But now, dude, I can't even enjoy it. The movie Trolls, he does one of the voices on. And my son loves that movie. We watched it the other day. I think about his character and I get back to that moment where I'm like, you know what? <laughs> the next time I saw him, I should have been like, hey, asshole. I thought I was being a fucking cool dude. You, you didn't have to act like I fucking... Made fun of your heritage. I, I suggested yeah, what you hitting done. on a pretty girl, and you looked at me like I was a prick. I don't know. You yeah, ever have those it's moments? His fault. It is, yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, it's my fault. <laughs> it's totally it's his fault. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it is my f- <laughs> But real quick, though, if you were in his position and someone you kind of know just said, hey, go talk to her, would you have handled it as poorly as he did? It was a mistake uh, on my end, but also it's like, dude, grow up. <laughs> I mean, he actually, you should have hit him, dude. You should have punched him in the face. That's what I would have done. <laughs> yeah, been a fucking, I should have got him to punch me so I could have sued him. No, yeah, I don't no know. Kidding. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna chalk it up. I'm sure he was a nice dude overall. Again, the first time I hung out 
it was that whole week when he was a guest star, got along great. So I'm at the party again. But if I wasn't so drunk, I would have probably been like, oh, wait, what am I saying? You know? Um, but again, like, I don't know why he was, he acted like such a fucking bitch. I, I, hey, dude, you should, <laughs> you should can't well, let it go. You should go because well, you reminded me of it. Hey, dude, go talk to her. <laughs> I'm married. Fucking you go talk to her. That's what he responded with. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm married too. I just, I didn't, I forgot you were married. I, I, it's not like we're old buddies, but dude, fucking barely know you, man. I don't even know how to pronounce your last name, guy. Why the fuck are you getting guy? Guy? <laughs> guy? Listen, guy. You want to dance, my man? Yeah, dude, I was, I was pretty fucking trashed at that party, though, man. That was a fun day the next day, though, man. But yeah, dude, this documentary, I gotta ask because you're a Cleveland Cavs fan, as you should be. You grew up in Cleveland. And, oh, yeah. you know, they showed Jordan hitting the shot. And I know a lot of people from Cleveland didn't like Michael Jordan growing up because the Bulls were so dominant and all that kind of stuff. And you're a huge LeBron fan. As you, as you should. And by the way, I love LeBron, too. LeBron's amazing. He's definitely on my Mount Rushmore of basketball players, and he's a great human being. I uh, will have to ask you, though, are you enjoying this documentary? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it's uh, first off, it's great to see Michael Jordan say fuck all the time. It's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> How amazing is that? I mean... It, and I could watch a channel of like on a on a on a Tiger King level rivalry between him and Isaiah Thomas. I could watch a channel of that. The pettiness of back and forth. It is. Oh, it's something that it's definitely something this NBA does not have. It doesn't have that. Everybody's best friends and want to play for each other's squad. And, yeah. you know, and and, you know, I. I get why it works and that's the evolution of the game, but just to see like, I mean, dude, the, I, they, they, if you're up to date, they already covered when the bulls play the, the Knicks in the 92, 93 season. Yeah. And as a Cavs fan, that was like, that was the best Cavs team we ever had up until that time. Like they were the, I forget what the stat was. I saved it, but it was, it was definitely one of the best teams. And we actually hired a guy in Gerald Wilkins. Yeah. We nicknamed him the Jordan stopper. And wouldn't you know it, I was at the game when Jordan clinched the series for the bulls and he went right into, he shot it right in Gerald Wilkins eye. And I, after watching this documentary, I know without a doubt he did it on purpose. He was like, I'm going to beat you on this game. Show you what a beater you are. Dude, and, he is, uh, like, I, he I, is petty, so Tom Petty. He is he is petty. He uses any little thing he can as motivation. He is the most competitive human being I think that's ever walked the planet. And as a society, we should be thankful that he chose basketball or basketball became his love or passion. Because if he decided to be a guy who's like, I'm going to take over the world, he probably could have because he's such a psychotic person in the brain with that stuff. And, and look, it's a great documentary because I think it's shot it's really amazing. well. Um, it's, so it's entertaining good. as hell. There's stuff I didn't know about. Like, I, I mean, I lived through it, but during the second three-peat, I was fifth, sixth, seventh grade. Yeah, because 98, you know, I graduated eighth grade, 99. So I was watching every game. I was obsessed. And I didn't know Dennis Rodman took a vacation mid-season. I, uh, I remember that cloudily. I remember going like, what the hell is going over in Chicago uh, how is Jordan and Phil Jackson allowing this? Yeah, they're like, fine, you know? let, let him go to Vegas and, and, and bang Carmen Electra for a, a, a weekend. And, of course, and Jordan kept saying, if he goes to Vegas, he's not coming back. Like, and he, <laughs> he went past the 48 hours. They showed it was like 46, 47. Like, I think he was yeah. gone for like almost like 
four days or something. And, and, and they, they implied in the documentary that Jordan had to knock on the door and Carmen Electra was hiding naked. And they're like, Michael Jordan's at the door? Like, um, that, that was a funny thing that was going around with like, if you question how good Dennis Rodman was at basketball, Michael Jordan had to look in Vegas for him or something. Um, yeah, dude, it was an incredible team with a bunch of crazy personalities. And the thing with Jordan, you're talking about the pettiness, what he used, the way they went after anybody, it's like, oh, well, Jerry Krause said Kukoc was going to be the next big thing, so we're like, oh, we're going to go embarrass Kukoc. Uh, we thought this guy was this, so I'm like, I'm going to go prove that I'm the fucking the alpha. They, they said my name and Clyde Drexler's in the, Clyde Drexler's in the same sentence, so I'm going to go hit six threes in one half and make this guy look like a fucking joke. Like, it's, it's insane. And I really think, I hope, it's so many things nowadays is so much like debating and shit, but I want the younger generation who didn't get to watch Jordan to understand why people who did watch him are so emphatic about his greatness. Is Jerry Krause kind of hated in Chicago? Yeah, he is. He is hated. But I mean, in a way, without him, I think that's the most interesting thing because he is such a small guy syndrome when, when he would say like, it's not the team, it's the organization that wins the, like, no, your organization didn't drop 50 on, on the Denver Nuggets the other night. I, yeah. It was Michael Jordan who did that. Yeah. Uh, and he was clearly that, but without him, there's no Phil Jackson. No, there's no. Yeah, he was huge. He was a he was a Phil Jackson fan before anyone when Phil Jackson was like coaching in Puerto Rico, coaching. So can in Canada. you really hate him? Can you I, hate him? I mean, it's a love hate. Here's why I kind of hate him because is Phil is Jerry does Jerry Krause deserve a lot of credit for the dynasty? Yeah, I mean he he made the trade uh, on draft day to, to acquire Pippen. Like you see it in the documentary where Pippen's wearing like a Sonics hat and they're like, by the way, you got traded to the Bulls. He's like, oh, I did. I didn't. No one's told me that yet. Like, reporters knew before Pippen did. He's still wearing supersonic stuff. Um, you know, drafted Horace Grant, great pickup. Um, trading Oakley, which was ballsy uh, to get Cartwright, even though Cartwright was zero on offense. He was a body, and the Bulls, yeah. needed, the Bulls did need a fucking true center. They didn't have one up until that point, really. Uh, but even think about that. The, 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 the GM player dynamic of the late 80s, early 90s, to the GM player dynamic now, and not GM player, GM superstar. They, they Bulls drafted Brad Sellers, which Jordan did not want. Jordan was like a third-year player going, no, you got to draft this guy, and they, didn't, they went against him. They told Jordan they were, basically, they were basically trying to tank. Remember, they were like trying to tank. They were limiting Jordan to like seven minutes a half. That's like in episode two, I think, and Jordan was furious. Um, they like sat him out in the last minute because he hit that minute mark. Remember that game where luckily Paxson mm-hmm. the game winner, I guess. Um, that was like an 86, I think. They traded his best friend. We're talking about now how all these guys are friendship. And you and I were texting about this. And I think a lot of that's AAU. AAU brings players together who were like different high schools, but they're all like top guys. And I think that's where this friendship state thing starts, where they're like, oh, we should all get a team together like we did in high school, where, you know, it used to be like the best superstars loved that. Because that's when the NBA exploded. Magic versus Larry. Dude, you remember the fucking NBA on NBC that Sunday? Oh yeah, absolutely. I watch NBA. I I watch NBA's inside stuff religiously, Me like too. Ahmad Rashad. I mean, I lived for that show. I loved it. I remember like Hakeem versus Shaq, you know. And then it, it wasn't even just about Jordan versus you know this, but it'd be like Barkley versus Malone, you know, Reggie Miller versus Glenn Rice. This and every Sunday there was like a game of the week. They would play two games. And there was like an afternoon, yeah. like a 2.30 and like a 5.30. And that was, that was everybody, all eyes on the NBA. 
And, and, and that was a big part of it where, like, these rivalries where I think now there's still rivalry, but it's not, it's, it's not as – like, think about the East back then, dude. I remember looking at the Bulls' 98 run. They had to get through the Heat, who had Alonzo Mourning, Tim Hardaway. The Pacers, Reggie Miller, Rick Smits. Um, the Knicks had Allen Houston then, you know, Patrick Ewing. They're a little bit more well-rounded as a team. Um, even your Cavs of the early 90s were fucking – had a lot of studs. Um, yeah. They're more well-rounded. Mark Rice, Brad Doherty. Young Ron Harper was unbelievable. He was a 22-point-per-game guy before his knees got fucked up. So that part yeah. of the league I miss. Um, and I still like the NBA. I don't want to – you know, I think neither of us want to be old men about it and be like, oh, things were better back then. They were just different. Different doesn't always mean better. Um, the, I mean, the physicality was cool, but I don't know if that makes for a better game. I like that, you know, when LeBron James and James Harden and Westbrook and some of these guys, Kawhi, Durant, I like that when they go up for a dunk, someone's not trying to tackle them from behind. That's kind of nice, you know? I don't, I don't want these guys risking ACL tears. Like, it's like some of these guys, they, a lot of the people believe that uh, guys like Larry Bird and Isaiah Thomas and a few Dominique Wilkins, a few other of these stars, when they hit 30, their careers really did kind of crap out because of all the physicality they went through. Yeah, and they also don't do what like LeBron James does is spend seven figures just keeping his body ready. Yeah, I, I read that. He spent I read seven that. figures on just keeping his body in a shape. I mean, over a million dollars just to keep yourself in shape. That's that's, a, that's another reason I don't like comparing eras because it's just not fair. The previous, the current yeah. era always gets to learn from the previous era. It was Dude, like, remember the when the when Jordan did the Jordan when Detroit did the Jordan rules against Jordan. This is not only this wasn't just against a, against LeBron who was a goddamn tight end for Christ's sake running down the lane. This is a guy who was six, six and weighed nothing. He had no meat on his bones no, he and like he was getting hammered. He was getting hammered by Rick Mahorn probably hit him with a tire iron a couple times, Rick <laughs> Mahorn and Bill Lambeer just elbowing him in his eye socket, throwing him on the ground. I'm like, dude, these, this team, I mean, they were like a prison basketball team when it came to inst- instilling their will. They were, and what was interesting about it was when they had Dennis Rodman and John Sally and Isaiah Thomas, they were all just like, they, they just didn't call fouls the way they did today. They mm-hmm. were all like saying, oh, the, the shit we pulled then, we would all be suspended for the season, be flagrant, flagrant five, flagrant whatever, you know, flagrant whatever number. They'd be like, you can't play basketball anymore. So it always cracks me up when I hear Draymond Green Dude, Draymond Green, shut the fuck up, dude. You are such a little bitch. You're averaging six points a game right now. Right yeah. now. He's averaging six <laughs> points a game in this season. And you're comparing yeah. yourself to, like, I mean, obviously Dennis Rodman during the second 3P wasn't an offensive force. But with the Pistons, no. Rodman scored some points. Not a lot. But also, defensively, look, I'm not that Golden State team when they added Durant even though they won 73 without Durant, but when they added Durant, even I could be like, uh, yeah, they'd, they'd probably beat the Bulls. That's just so much. But without Durant, the 73 win team against the 72 Bulls, the Bulls fuck them up. I'm sorry. Rodman would have been in so in Draymond Green's head. Oh, my Draymond God, Green, dude. He wouldn't have shown up after halftime. He would have quit the game during halftime. He would have said to Steve Kerr, which is weird because you've been playing whatever the coach you've been like, Hey, I can't this motherfucker. You know what I mean? Pippen would have shut down Clay Thompson. Steph Curry couldn't dribble past Jordan. You know what I mean? There were just so many lockdown defenders. The Bulls had so many lockdown defenders that 
Harper would have guarded fucking Clay Thompson, not even Pippen. I don't even know who Pippen. Pippen was the better defender during the second three-peat than George, who's a little older. Um, and Pippen was an insane defender. But I do like – sorry, I'm bouncing around here. I, I, it was important for the new fans to see how insane the Bulls were during practice. Because yeah, much- I, I, I still want to get to the part where Steve Kerr goes, yeah, I, I really appreciate that Jordan punched me in the face. Yeah, that's coming. That's com- I think that's coming. I'm pretty I mean- sure. I mean, and he doesn't complain. He goes, yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, look at me now. I coach the, obviously, the most winning franchise in basketball again. Yeah. You know? I, always, I always said, because I, I've listened to enough podcasts with former Bulls players over the years where they just go, yeah, he was, practices were intense, but he made us better players for it. We all, we practiced just as hard as we played, and there was always this whole thing where, I guess when Pip, because people forget when Pippen got drafted, he wasn't a star right away. He wasn't even a starter. He averaged no. seven points a game as a rookie. Um, really wasn't until it was like a third full season where he started to blossom into a like you know star level player. But I guess Jordan would make him stay after practice, and they would play one on one, and like oh. just like where where Pippen would be like, my feet are bleeding. Can we please please stop? We already had a long practice, and now I gotta play with you, you psychopath. Can we please you know? He's like, no, I'll buy you a cigar afterward. Like, that was crazy, too. Jordan smoking cigars after practice. Yeah, like, I mean, how do you have the lung power to play the minutes and do the things that you do smoking these old stogies? Yeah, just a freak. Absolute freak. I, I don't, I'm, I'm excited for this. It's given everyone to look something to look forward to. Um, oh, God. Thank God for this documentary. I mean, it is, it's the Tiger King of sports right now. It really is. And ESPN did it smart where someone said, I'm surprised because it's 10 total episodes. It's 10 parts. They're surprised yeah. they didn't stretch it over 10 weeks. I'm glad they didn't. I'm surprised they – I wish they would have because it's so good. It's two – each one's two hours, man. They're not – it's not some short watch. And it's like I don't want to binge that. I want to look forward to that. No, I agree. But I'm glad they didn't do – because what they could have done – because it's, it's a five-week stretch because it's, you know, it's two episodes a night. Some people are like, wanting to do one, one episode a night and then make it a 10-week run. I'm glad they did five because it's the perfect amount because it feels like a mini binge – or it's like, oh, I get two, and then I have to wait a week. And so now, yeah. I get, now I get to process it. I get to talk about it with people. I get to be like, holy shit, can you believe that with Rodman? Oh, my God, Pippen was getting – he was making a million. He was the 122nd highest paid player. Holy shit, you know. But the Jerry Krause thing, I feel like I didn't really wrap up. Yes, I give him a lot of credit. Kukoc obviously was a very good pickup, all this stuff. But he had that little man syndrome where he just kept thinking, oh, it's an organization. These are all movable parts. So I'll just hire the next Phil Jackson and – you know what the Bulls were under Tim Floyd? 40 and 140 was the Bulls' record under Tim Floyd. That was such a bad reversal. Obviously, nothing takes away from championships because you got the six and the six are there. But you also can't erase that kind of failure. And that kind of failure and the fact that everyone around the league knows that he purposely broke up a dynasty because Michael wanted to come back because he had never done four in a row. He's like, we already won a three. You know Jordan is. He's like, I already did that. I need the next challenge. We've right. won three before. I've won three before. I want to win four. No one besides the Boston Celtics have won more than four in a row, you know, or we've won four in a row. I want that next challenge, especially with knowing what we knew that it was going to be a lockout season. With the, I think the league only played like 48 games or something. That would have been great for an aging Bulls team. I think they would have had one more run in them. But he even said, Kraus said, I don't care if you go 82-0, and 0, you're not coaching this team next year. And, that, and the disrespect, the fucking disrespect. It's mean, incredible. That is, it's so bad that it does almost make it so. I think every Bulls fan is like, yeah, sure. 
he helped put that team together. He didn't draft Jordan, but he helped put the pieces together. You know, he, yes, of course, he gets credit. But also, fuck you forever for ending what did not need to end. And the aftermath of that is no free agent wanted to sign with the Bulls. The best free agent the Bulls have signed in the post-Jordan era. Do you want to hear the name? Ben Wallace. I was going to say Ben Wallace. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Ben as far as like kind of still in their prime, but even though it was the back end of his prime, it, yeah. it was that kind of thing. We even, Tracy McGrady took us for a ride. He showed up, threw out a first pitch. He was Cubs there for game. a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah. He, he came and everyone was like, oh, we're going to sign McGrady. And he's like, nah, I just wanted a fucking party in Chicago for the weekend. No intention of signing with you guys. There was rumors that Kobe would maybe come. And it was like all, like those trade talks. D- Derek it was Rose. a dark time post Michael Jordan for so Chicago dark. basketball. It was awful. I mean, we, I, I mean, but Brand was the impression. The impression it left on me too. I couldn't even watch the Bulls without Jordan. It was just like it was like I feel like I'm watching the uh, the the CBA team like on, yeah. on on the basic cable footage on a Saturday. It's like it was it was. It, I mean, it took me over a decade to just be like okay this is a different team different organization that was then because it was just you're so used to seeing michael and jo- and pippen and the it it was weird forever with that team it really was man and it's just i it was hard for me to watch the nba at, at all i mean i think i still watched the finals because it was just it was just like yeah i mean obviously i thought to myself and even though he was still better than people want to admit the Wizards Jordan still was, what was you, 20 points, five rebounds, five assists, which is still really good numbers when you consider it at the age of 39 and 40. He ended his career with the Bulls. You couldn't write it better. You know, we, we lived in Hollywood together. If you send that script in and they go, this is how this greatest player of all time ends his career, they'd be like, that's too good. Make, yeah. make it harder. You can't hit the game when he shot. You can't get that steal and this and all that. And, and for it to just end because some fucking guy thought, and dude, the draft picks those years, Eddie Curie, huge bust. Tyson Chandler was a bust because Tim Floyd was a bad coach. Tyson Chandler later became a very good player, but we didn't know the talent we had. I mean, it was, just, it was, it was hard. I mean, I know I'm bitching to a, a, a Cleveland fan right now, um, although I, I, think, I still think the Browns are going to be good this year, hopefully. Um, I don't know, man. Dude, it's, it's rough, dude. Dude, what, what do you think? What do you think the future of sports is? Is, is the NBA going to finish their season? Is hockey coming back? Baseball? Let's get some predictions out of Dalton right now. Uh, dude, I think we're going to see football in front of no fans, uh, which is, they, I mean, you got to. You got to make your money somewhere, and the majority of football fans don't go to the games. They watch them on TV, so you got to do it like that. Jesus Christ. I got a ring line. These things are so bright. Sorry. No, it's all right, uh, man. That's better. You look good. Uh, <laughs> the uh um i i think i don't think th- i don't think the nba closes it out i mean yeah it's just a bummer it's man too weird we're not gonna see baseball this this year it's just we're gonna skip out and it really sucks i, I don't know I'm, I'm still hoping something comes around for baseball it just seems so unlikely they floated that idea of doing i mean do they get a lot of tv revenue there's 162 games how much tv revenue could they possibly be making they get money off of regional stuff they do well baseball is one of those sports i think hockey is kind of similar the nba and the nfl is such a national game um which helps in a lot of ways but you know the nfl owns a day of the week so they're always great the nba's ratings were down even during this regular season 
the last few regular seasons have been kind of bad. The NBA takes off at the playoffs because the playoffs are when, because if you're a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, I mean, or say you're a Sacramento Kings fan or a Phoenix Suns fan, you know, fans of these really bad teams, you give a, you could give a fuck about a fucking February 27th game on a Tuesday night. You're not watching it. Yeah. You just, you're not. And it's unfortunate. Like, you got to be real diehard. But if you're a fan in one of those cities, come May, when you're like, oh, shit, Western Conference Finals, L.A. versus L.A., shit, I'm watching that. That's where they yeah. really make their money. So no playoffs for them is really hurting the NBA. Um, NFL is all TV revenue. With baseball, it's a lot of regional stuff. And a lot of these teams have these regional networks that have become really popular. The Cubs just launched theirs. And a lot of Chicago hates it because they were on WGN forever. It's free TV. They gain fans across the country because it's a super station, much like the Braves on TBS. And only and they didn't strike a deal with Comcast. So they got that thing going on like the Dodgers have where half the city can't watch it unless they have like Time Warner, which fucking is notoriously a god-awful uh, cable service. And um, I have Hulu Plus or Hulu Live Plus or the fuck it's called. So I was able to get it. It's a new network called the Marquee Network which is supposed to be mm-hmm. great revenue for the team, and they put more money in, although the Cubs have been kind of money tight the last two off-seasons. I don't know why. The fucking luxury tax is just bullshit. It is. These rich owners could all afford to pay it, but they hate any word that's a tax. It's a tax. I'm not going to pay it. Can't pay it. Even though going over it leads to more money because your team would do better. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm fucking saying. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. If baseball does, though, more so make their revenue from ticket sales because it's 162 games. Yeah, they get TV money, but it's not like the NFL, their TV money pays all the, the money for the, their, yes. their salary cap is based off the TV deal. That means when you sell one ticket, you're automatically in the black. So with no tickets, that's a little bit weird, but they still have so many other different revenue streams. They could, they'll probably just cut the payroll. I think they'll probably try to work out a deal. I bet come July, you'll hear about the NFL going, Hey, look guys, if we're going to have no fans, we got to work this out. Practice squads are gone. Um, you know, instead of 53-man rosters, we might have to reduce them to, like, 45. We don't need a third-string right tackle making the league minimum. You know, shit like that, they'll look to cut. That way the owners could then reimburse, you know, make some more money. That's my guess. I don't know, man. It's, it's, it sucks. It's fucking crazy, man. And you got to deal with conspiracy theorists on Facebook every day. And, dude, I, do you still go on that website? I don't see you make posts at all anymore. You don't go on that shit, do you? What, f- Facebook? Yeah. I only post on it because it like something from Instagram will post on there, but I don't really, I don't really do it. I, uh, I, uh, I, 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 it's hard. Like when I see a protest now, I just think I know in my brain that a third of those people at the protests are miserable at home. Like they're just miserable. They were not happy. They had a bad job, but at least it got them eight hours away from their family. So they could like, reset and i see these protests and i'm just like oh these people for large fractions these people just don't want to be home right now dude i get like people being angry you can't make a living right now it, it, i get the anger on all fronts you're stuck inside and and yeah it's it's we're living in fucked up times and i i usually like a good conspiracy theory i'm not even a uh, anti all of them They're, some of them i'm like you're fucking batshit but you know every now and then I'm like hmm okay it just, again, I, I, my wife's a nurse. She's dealing with this shit. I've heard mm-hmm. stories of people coming in one day going, I, they test positive for it. They can't breathe. They put out a ventilator. They're dead. Like, the, yeah. this is not a made-up thing. No. And, and there's a lot of people just spreading the propaganda of it because 
they're, I think a lot of it's because you're angry. When you're angry, you turn to shit. This is the yeah. story of World War II. The Germans were fucking angry that they were poor and broke because they got their ass kicked in World War I. Here comes a guy who was a good speaker that goes, oh, here's to blame. And the same shit's happening right now. Oh, your small business just went under. Oh, you're making less money now. Someone's telling you you can't go to the park. Here's to fucking blame. It's the vaccine people or it's the these people or it's Bill Gates or it's this guy. And then everyone's like, you're fucking right. It is that guy. They're foaming at the mouth. They're all fucking protesting because they can't get their goddamn haircuts. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, I don't mind. Dude, it. I, this is the first time I've had hair. Uh, so I'm kind of I'm, I'm actually dude, happy it's growing out. My shit's out of control, man. Yeah, dude. I'm wearing a hat so like just you. flat. You look like you're about to go on tour with fish. Uh, dude, it's getting crazy. Let's see. Can you see in the back right here? All right. Um, I got to wrap it up. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry, bud. No, it's okay. We're having, I'm having fun. I was just got to wrap it up. Oh, no. My bad. Yeah, dude. I'm, I, I, haven't, I haven't talked to anyone that's like a, that I'm not related <laughs> to, man. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, um, no, I guess dude. I want to say. No, go ahead. Go uh, ahead. I, my one. Oh, shit. I if I had one sorry. complaint about this whole thing. If I had one thing, it's uh, we just got Comedians You Should Know at the Comedy Store, it, which Comedians You Should Know I still think is, I mean, I'll be Jordan about it. I think it's the best show uh, every week. Uh, every, every time we have it, it's the best show in town uh, with our lineup, so I'm very happy with it. But then we go to the Comedy Store, and then that I get now access to the people that I really want to drop in. I mean, we had our, our first show was gangbusters sold out it was on a saturday night late show which means and the comedy store is like the place to be right now it is crazy it I is miss insane it. there i miss hanging it's out insane there. uh i mean dude it's insane you can't even sit in on shows because there's nowhere to sit uh but um and then with the second show we get bill burr i texted him and he's like yeah i'll be there and i was like he's full of it and then he showed up and i'm like oh one of the most popular comedians uh in the game just did comedians i think know. he's the best living right now i think he's the best stand-up on the planet right now i mean it's arguable i'm not i'm not going to debate that i think I, I, the fact that i have this guy's cell phone number and i've known him for so many years because everyone just assumed he dropped in i'm like no i reached out to him that's, that's so why i cool, did the dude. show that's so awesome man. and uh and i'm like i've been fantasizing about different lineups and uh that would have been dope if you did come out because we would have put you on like a sick lineup show like a show you'd yeah. be like i can't believe i shared the stage with these idiots I know, man. I really wish. Uh, I'm glad that you and we were doing such a great job with it, and um, and I love the comedy store, dude. It's it's so cool. Um, fuck, man. Yeah, hopefully, it's just better in the belly back. room. It's a belly room. Such Comedians a great you should spot. know. I love it. There. Comedians you should know is the perfect fit for the belly room. It couldn't be a. It's perfect. It it really is, and uh, and we had yeah. a lot of fun uh, producing together, and and some not fun times too. <laughs> some of my own shit, though. I definitely fucking was a dick toward the end. I kind of felt like like overwhelmed with a lot of stuff you know i was about to become a dad and i was just yeah. a lot of stuff going on where i'm like all right i get it dude we got it we got a lot some, of pressure some stuff out um yeah man but no I'm, I'm glad you guys found a home and you're doing a great job with it and just to have bill burr with that logo behind him and all the other names we've had so many great names adam sandler fucking yeah. um you know dana carvey of course and uh, and we've been around for five years names. making us the one of the oldest shows running in los angeles right now I know. Dude, I mean, I, it used to be like the meltdown. They're not around. A lot of other shows that were long-running shows when you were here, they're gone. Put your hands and we're together. Like el- it's gone. Yeah, we're like elder statesmen there, and that was one of the other cool things. Is you know they encouraged us to book the people because I like I always like comedians you should know because it was the funniest people 
be funny, be the funniest you can be. And like, I'm not getting lineups of just like, you know, I'm getting people who want to bring their A game for that night, you know, as opposed to like, we had some people in the past at the improv who like bring up a sheet of, you know, read off a sheet. Of, I'm like, this isn't an open mic, man. But that labs, you know, ugh. Yeah, I mean. yeah, it's just that, that space. We were all excited at first, and there was just something about it that we could never figure out why it wasn't the right space. I think the only, like, my best set was my last set there, which is fucking hilarious. Cause, like, you know, that we was there. funny. Thanks, man. We were there every week, though. And finally, you teed I, off. Yeah, I just teed off. I'm like, yeah. You know what sucked about that? The number of people came up to me and, like, should have been that guy the entire time you were here. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, probably. Which, you know. Clearly, I got, I, I got I, caught I, in that you know. trap for two years here I, I was like i forgot how to do comedy for like two years here well yeah because you just you start to think i need to be what the industry wants instead of being what you want which is yeah. then hopefully what they want but then at the end of the day what the fuck do they know anyway yeah but it's such a disheartening city you try to like you we, you this is coming all right we're gonna wrap it up here but we're coming full circle on this podcast because we talked about how you gotta stay in your own path but it's hard you get caught up and stuff i remember doing a, a set at the laugh factory which i was so fortunate and i was so grateful that i was able to do regular sets at the Hollywood Laugh Factory and the one in Long Beach. I remember doing a show there that I had a great set at. I remember getting in my car, being at a red light, looking up at a billboard, and three of the four people that I did better than were on that fucking billboard. And I'm like, they're on a yeah. fucking billboard. I'm driving to No Two Mercury, and I was funnier than all of them. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, what more do I, what do you have to yeah. do? Like, how do you, you navigate it? it? It was, you know, but then again, that shit, it's... We're all back at zero now. Follow me on TikTok, everybody. <laughs> uh, dude, fuck, dude, don't fuck, don't laugh at TikTok. It's great. I just post stand-up videos. I mean, it's like my favorite love, app right I mean, now. A lot of comics are doing that, and they're having some success. Yeah, do uh, some some decent success. And people, hey, look, the the trick is, especially now, you got to get on that wave. Just got to be consistent with anything you do, but you have to enjoy it too. I realize that's why I'm like, I don't really like Facebook. I don't like Twitter, but I like Instagram. I like TikTok. I like YouTube. I should just focus on the things I like instead of just messing around in this other bullshit. And that's just good advice for everybody listening. Strength and yeah. a strength. You can always improve a weakness, but if it drives you nuts, fucking get away from that shit. Dude, yeah, CSK LA will be back. Stand up hopefully will be back one day. And when it does, I can't wait to get back out to LA. Because when I moved back to Chicago, my goal was to visit LA a few times a year. But, you know, obviously life throws you some curveballs and stuff. But I, we're both alive. We're happy. We're here. Kaylee's here. here. We're all good. Oh, uh, no, I've got, I've got so many. Prager's here. We're Dude, good. I you, think if, I've got If more... anything, it's better now. It is better now. And that's why I'm a little, I, I miss it a lot. Dude, I would move back if the circumstances well, it's, were Well, it wasn't as good then. But now I feel like, I mean, I feel like it's better because we have more of a cohesion of people that we enjoy hanging out with, not just oh, funny people, but like friends, like a group of friends that we all came to know each other over time, not just, hey, showbiz friend, I see at the club every once in a while. Like, I've known you for years, and now we live in the same city. For sure, yeah. I've mo- I, I have more friends in L.A. comedy than I do in Chicago comedy, like more, like, close ones at least. Right. All right, dude, Dalton, thanks so much for joining the podcast, man. It was good to have uh, – what, what were you drinking anyway, a glass of wine? Uh, I was drinking uh, tequila and soda. All right, so I was way off when I said a glass of wine. Yeah. I don't know. You just you look like you've grown into a wine guy. It's the you don't eat. I meat, know it's the wine. beard. It's the beard. It's very uh, it's ve- very college professory. It is. You know, I think that's what it is. It's very sleek. I feel like you comb. Also, check out. Uh, I want you, everybody listening. Uh, check out if you. When does this go up? Tomorrow. Yeah, I'll go up tomorrow afternoonish. Uh, tonight, I'll say tonight or Friday at nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check out. Uh, the Facebook live page for a heavy metal band that I'm involved with called Witch Taint. Witch Taint. 
<laughs> Which are you? Is this a joke or for real? I'm dead serious. Which tank? Uh, How are you involved? I am involved. involved. How are you I involved? can't really get into it. Are you I the can't manager? get into it. I'm. I I know a guy who manages them. He looks okay. a lot like me. I see. Uh, but I'm telling you right now, it's one of the funniest things I've ever been involved with. Uh, tomorrow's guests are Guar. You know the, the yeah. Heavy metal band knows Guar. Guar with the crazy fucking get up. And just it, give it 10 minutes and you'll be screaming laughing. It, it's the best. All right. I'm excited. Which right. taint? Which taint, everyone? Which taint? All right. Thanks for being on Kill Gallons Pub, everyone. Thanks for listening, too. Don, you're the best. All right. All right cheers. Buddy. Take it easy, man. All right.